Good morning, everyone, and good morning to those who are watching online as well. So it's a holiday weekend. So if you are one of those folks worshiping online from somewhere really cool, would you let us know and take a picture? Let us see where you're at. Um, I want to let everybody know our mosaic service that we've been having on Tuesday nights has officially moved to Thursday nights, and we are back at the back 40 again. We're going to be on the outdoor uh, patio, um, so that's going to be awesome. Starts this Thursday at 6. We're so excited to be back at the back 40. Um, if you do not have the church app on your phone, you need to get it. There's so many cool things you can do. Uh, on the church app, you can go under the Bible tab. You can read through the Bible in a year or just look up a scripture. If you would like to look up a scripture that Pastor Sam used, you can do that. Our Wednesday nights are absolutely incredible. The youth and kids are having a blast, aren't they, Catherine? They're having an awesome time. Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff outside, too, so we can spread out. It's a lot of fun. Um, Pastor Sam has the best Bible study in the country, in the country. Um, so that you want to check that out as well. Um, this is super exciting. Um, we have our 175th years of ministry and mission coming up the last Sunday of the month. So you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a combined service at 10 a.m., you can uh, reserve a spot online or call the church office just so we know who's going to be here, how many people, how we can spread people out. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, Bishop Deborah Wallace Paget is going to be here uh, preaching for that service. But while you're online making a reservation, you can also, there's a spot to fill out what you love about the church. So that's a lot of fun. We would love for you to fill that out uh, and we can celebrate together. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can be together to worship this holiday weekend. Uh, God, we are thankful uh, for the awesome weather outside as well. I pray that right now uh, you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and worship with us? Before the night, before the world revolved around the sun, God on high stepped down into time and wrote the story of his love for everyone. He has filled our hearts with wonder. So that we always remember You and I are made to worship You and I were called to love You and I are forgiven and free When you and I embrace surrender You and I choose to believe Then you and I will see Who we were meant to be All we are and all we have is all a gift from God that we receive. Brought to life, we open up our eyes to see the majesty and glory of the King. He has filled our hearts with wonder. 
so that we always remember you and I are made to worship you and I are called to love you and I are forgiven and free when you and I embrace surrender you and I choose to believe you and I will see who we were meant to be even the rocks cry out even the heavens shout at the sound of his holy name so let every voice sing out and let every knee bow down he is worthy of all our praise you and i are made to worship you and i are called to love you and I are forgiven and free When you and I embrace surrender You and I choose to believe And you and I will see You and I are made to worship You and I are called to love You and I are forgiven and
song Like I am unashamed I'm gonna shout for joy At the mention of your name I've come to worship I've come to worship There's no one That can bring me peace That can wash me clean Like you, Lord Thank you. you. may be seated if you're here, and um, welcome, welcome. Uh, our children are about to go to Children's Church. Miss Catherine and Luke, I think, is going to be her helper today. So um, just a couple of reminders. If, uh, if you're worshiping from, from somewhere at the lake or the beach or from home or, or somewhere besides in here, uh, get something on hand because at the end of the service we're going to be receiving Holy Communion together and you want to be prepared whatever you have on hand if you're here in the sanctuary with us make sure that you get one from the basket in the front or in the back and uh, and we'll receive Holy Communion together in just a little bit we're doing it at our seats we're trying to be as safe as we can um, so we want you to be a part of it I want to also uh, just remind you that we have a big, big Sunday that's coming up the end of this month. Pastor Andy said something about it. I just want to emphasize it. 175 years, Gadsden First United Methodist Church has been doing mission and ministry right here in the heart of the city. And it's something to celebrate. And that's exactly what we're going to do. And I hope that you can be a part of that celebration. Bring somebody with you, too. I want to thank you for the way that you give and support your church. Um, the offering plates are here if you're in sanctuary with us. Um, you can give online. You can give by text to give. There are so many different ways. Take advantage of our church app and uh, go to our church website if you want to know more. We want to pray for you. If you have prayer needs, please send them to us. Uh, you can email them to us. You can, uh, we have, we have uh, new sheets that you can get. You can tear off, write your uh, prayer request on there, get it to us. Uh, carrier pigeon, I think we still do carrier pigeon, don't we, Pastor Andy? However you want to get your prayer request to us, we'll pray for you. Tell us about your answers to prayer. We like to hear that, too. I want you to just pause wherever you are and join us as we pray together this morning. Gracious God, uh, as we come together to worship, sometimes we, sometimes, honestly, we limp into worship because we've been banged up and hurt. We carry 
uh, loads of grief and we carry burdens. So we pray that if we're not at the place we need to be in our hearts as we worship you today, Holy Spirit, help us to get there. Uh, Cleanse us of those sins that we're carrying around that we need to let go of and let you wash us clean of. Change our bad attitudes, Lord. Help us to let go of those grudges. Forgive so that we can be forgiven. And Lord, take what we have to offer you our praises, uh, the fruit of our labor. Take it all, Lord. Take us too. And use us for your kingdom's glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I want to invite you, if you're at home, grab a Bible, or if you're here, you want to watch, we're going to have the scripture. The scripture today is John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. The theme for the month of September, oh my goodness, I can't believe it's already September. Before we know it, it's going to be Christmas, Pastor Andy. We're going to have to be putting our Christmas trees up, but not yet, not yet. We're going to celebrate labor all month long in the month of September because tomorrow's Labor Day. And so I want us to think about that. I want to think about that. Even our theme for our 175th anniversary is going to be a labor of love. So labor is going to be our theme for the month of September. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7 will be our scripture today. As he walked along, he saw a, blind, a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. I, or we, must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud in the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So tomorrow, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, it's one of the most unique holidays that, um, that I know of. It's, it's not just a day to have um, barbecue, it's not just the last weekend that you can go on the lake and take the boat out and, or something like that. It's not just a day off of work and a day to, oh yeah, today a day to eat chicken stew if you came from the part, uh, my part of the state. Is Labor Day is always chicken stew. Um, but Labor Day is a holiday that doesn't center around any person, one person. It doesn't center around any one event. It's a day just to celebrate all of us. It's a day to celebrate the American laborer, the workers. It was first celebrated on September the 5th, 1882 in New York City. In 1884, the first Monday of September was selected as the holiday. It kind of spread from state to state until in 1894, President Grover Kitchens, excuse me, President Grover Cleveland, I'm just wondering if you're listening, President Grover Cleveland, signed it into law and made it an official legal holiday. So for 127 years, 127 years, we've been taking some time to honor work, really, labor, and those who do labor. Um, so why am I talking about Labor Day in church? Should we even be talking about Labor Day in church? Uh, I think so. I really do. I'm going to give you three reasons today that I think that Labor Day is a big deal for Christians. And the first one is this. God is a laborer. God labors. All you have to do is go back to the very beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. 
in the beginning God created God created and the word for the Hebrew word for created means to mold to carve to shape it's the Hebrew word for labor in, in the beginning, God labored. And then in, down in verse 27 of chapter 1 of the book of Genesis, it was uh, the crowning achievement of God's labor. God formed, fashioned, carved, molded, made human beings in God's own image. And then we see in chapter 2 where after God had completed all of his work over a period of time on the seventh day, God rested from his labor in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had completed his work and he rested from his labor. So why is God a God who labors? Well, I'm going to take a stab at it. I think that God is a God who labors because it's just part of his being. It's part of who he is. God is all-powerful, right? God could have just thought something and it would have happened. But God chose to labor and God chose to work over a period of time and then to rest. And he made us in his image, y'all. So that means it's part of our nature to labor. So how does God do that? I don't know. My little country brain can't figure that out. I don't know how God does it. Any theologian that tells you that they know everything about how God creates, any scientist that tells you that they know everything, they're pulling your leg or they're trying to sell you snake oil. Don't listen to them. It's by faith, you see. Uh, Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. In other words, God took nothing and worked it into something. Now, I can't tell you how that happened. I can't tell you how. I can tell you why. Because God loved and because God is labor, is part of who God is basically because it pleased God to do it that way and God is God so God labored we are called over and over again in the scripture just to consider God's labor when you go out and you see the beautiful weather I hope you get to go outside today and enjoy some of this beautiful weather and look around at the beautiful creation I, I love doing it we live in a we live in a gorgeous part of the world but when we look around what we're looking at is the work of God, the labor of God. Psalm 66, 5 says, Come and see the works of God, who is awesome in his deeds toward the sons of men. Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4 says, When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? I consider the works of your fingers. God is a God who labors. Second reason why Labor Day is a big deal and should be for Christians is that Jesus labored. We followers of Jesus follow somebody who labored. Did you notice how Jesus worked in John chapter 9? He actually said it in verse 4. He says, I must work the works of him who sent me. And the word work there means to perform. So did Jesus perform? Yeah, Jesus performed. Jesus performed, 
Because when you perform, what you do is you take your talents that God has given you, you take your abilities that God has given you, and you use them to labor for a God-given purpose. When someone performs a concert, they're taking their God-given abilities and they're using it for something. When someone performs surgery, the surgeon is taking their God-given abilities and they're using it to do some kind of labor. Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. I must use the gifts of the one who sent me and do it while I still can, do it while the, the light is still here. So while Jesus was in the world, Jesus, who was the very embodiment of God, Jesus was, who was the fullness of all of the Godhead in human form, labored. Did you notice the work that he did here? It's kind of gross if you think about it. It said he spit on the ground. Now, again, I grew up in the country, and I can spit with the best of them. But my mother told me, son, don't you spit in public and don't you, you know, don't spit in inappropriate ways and inappropriate people. And I, I made my share of mud pies. Any of y'all ever make mud pies? If, if you haven't made mud pies, then you've really missed out on something. It's fun uh, and gross, but fun, but gross. Um, Jesus made mud pies out of his saliva and put the little mud pies on the man's eyes. And then he told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Now that, any way you slice it, is working. He was laboring. But his work started way back before he started making mud pies out of his saliva. It went back, I want to say it went back to verse 1. Looking back in John chapter 9, verse 1, it says that he saw the need. He saw the need. Here's what Jesus did in his work, and this is, a, I'm dropping a broad hint because we're following Jesus, so what Jesus did, we're supposed to follow and do. He saw that there was a need there. He didn't make the mistake of the people that walked by this poor blind man every day and just didn't notice him. He didn't make the mistake that his, that his disciples made by trying to, I don't know, theologize why this guy was blind in the first place. What was the cause of his blindness, Lord? Was it him or was it the sin of his parents? Because they had the belief in that day if someone had any kind of problem, any kind of disease, it was the result of sin and God was mad at him and God was punishing him. Um, Jesus didn't make that mistake. He also didn't make the mistake of missing an opportunity to do something good. He saw the need and then he used his gifts to meet both the physical need and the spiritual need. He met the physical need because the guy was blind and Jesus healed his eyes. He met his spiritual need because later on in chapter uh, 9 in verse 38, it says that the man believed and worshiped him. So he met his uh, physical and his spiritual needs. So Jesus first noticed the need and then used his gifts to perform the works of God meeting the physical and spiritual needs of somebody who was being ignored, someone who was marginalized, and he did it with a combination of natural and supernatural resources. He used the resources that he had, the natural and the supernatural. 
And you say, well, okay, well, what natural resources? You don't get much more natural and organic than saliva and mud. I mean, but honestly, the, where, where the saliva comes, now, he wasn't the only guy. Jesus used saliva to heal. It was widely believed in Jesus' day that the saliva of, of especially a famous person had healing properties. Uh, he used saliva, and it was also, um, and also minerals and mud were used. You know, uh, I don't, I've always thought that Alabama red clay ought to have some kind of um, medicinal purposes. We've got plenty of it. And if you think about it, all of medicine just about comes from plants, from nature, from something. So he used the, the, na the natural resources he had. The clay and the mud sounds nasty to us, but it was what he had. It was, it was in that day, oil was used for, for medicine and to light lamps and for everything. They used what they had on hand. And then came the supernatural part because he told him, he told this blind man, go to the pool of Siloam and wash this mud off of your eyes and you'll be able to see. Now this guy had been blind from birth. He couldn't see a thing. He had never seen a thing. Some guy had rubbed mud in his eyes and told him to go. Now, how hard would it be for him to find the pool of Siloam? I have no idea. He's blind. Maybe he had to get somebody to lead him there. Maybe he had to feel his way along. But what I'm saying is he had to take a step of faith. He had to take a step of faith and have faith in the one who sent him. So we believe in the natural and the supernatural resources in the healing of the body today, don't we? Don't we? I hope that we do. I hope that you take your medicine and you pray, not just one or the other. I hope you do both. So Jesus, that's what Jesus did. Jesus worked the works of God. Jesus saw the needs that others had ignored. Jesus used his gifts and his spiritual resources and met the physical and spiritual needs. And then the third reason in verse 4. Uh, if you notice when I was reading this, I said I or we because some translations say I must work the works of God. Some, some manuscripts say we must work the works of God. So which one is right? Is it I or is it we? Well, it's kind of both. It's both. Because Jesus had to work the works of God while he was here. And you know what? We do too. We do too. We have something to do. We are laborers. I know that because we're created in God's image and God is a laborer. I know that because verses like Ephesians 2.10 say that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has jobs for us to do. God's given us gifts and graces to do it with. And you think, well, I already worked. I already worked. Well, to work or to perform, is what verse 4 says, is a continuous and repeated action. You work. There was an old saying that I used to hear growing up, and it, it's, it said, uh, it's talking about 
milking cows is that the hardest thing about milking cows is they never stay milked. There's always work to be done. We're created to labor. Do you believe that? That that God who labors created us to labor? We're called to labor together with the Lord and with each other. For we are God's fellow workers, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says. We're God's fellow workers. We're yoked together with Christ to pull together to labor. And we've only got so long. As long as it is day, Jesus said in verse 4, you have to make hay while the sun shines. Galatians 6, 10 says, So then, while we have an opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially those who are of the household of faith. While we have the opportunity, while we have the opportunity, we really, really need to celebrate Labor Day. We need to celebrate it. It, it, we, We might even could call it a Christian holiday because we have an awesome God who labors. We have an awesome laboring God who sent his son to do his works and his son who sends us to do our work, who gives us the privilege of being fellow workers, fellow laborers with him. So while we have the opportunity, let's labor. The communion elements that we're going to receive today represent someone's labor. Uh, It it represents the person who sowed the seeds and, and reaped and put it together and made the bread and the person who planted the grapes and harvested them and Uh, one of the prayers of thanksgiving over communion is from 2 Corinthians 9, 10. It says, it's God who provides the seed for the sower and, and the bread for the food. It's God who sends the rain and causes the grapes to grow. And then someone labors to make the wine. But most importantly, this bread and this cup represents the work of redemption in our lives. And where would we be without that labor? Where would we be? Let us pray. Lord, thank you for being an awesome, awesome laboring God. And thank you for giving us the call to use our gifts to meet the physical and the spiritual needs of those around us some of whom are marginalized and ignored by others. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your labor and for your call for us to labor with you. Thank you for your blood that was shed for us, for your body broken for us. As we receive receive Holy Communion together today, Lord, I pray that you'd pour out your Spirit on us whether we're gathered here in this room or whether we're worshiping by live stream somewhere else, we're still connected. We still have communion. Make us one with you and one with each other and one in labor to all the world until you come again. Lord, pour out your spirit on us here and on these gifts of bread and wine until you come again, Lord, 
and we feast at your heavenly banquet. We feast at today's banquet, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of things I want to say about communion before we receive just now. Um, one is all are welcome at the Lord's table, whether you're here in this room or whether you are, are celebrating communion with us wherever you are. All of us are welcome at the Lord's table, and you're welcome. Um, and then another thing is our, uh, is our tradition to receive a communion offering. And what the communion offering goes for, it, it goes to help the people who come on a daily basis and ask us for, for need. It's our local missions fund. So if you're here today and God makes you able to do that and you have uh, a heart that's led to do that, if you will drop an offering on the altar rail here, um, and there's a, there's a receptacle over here by, by this door where you can you could put your empty cup when when you're finished and on your way by if you can drop an offering off if you're worshiping online from home you can you can send an offering and just mark it for your communion offering and we'll use every bit of that to help others the other thing is um, it's it's a little bit tricky to get um, both the, the top and the bottom uh, peeled off here the top layer is uh, the bread and the bottom layer is the cup so if you need to help your neighbor help your neighbor all right body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given for you thanks be to God
all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great are you Lord and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing will you receive this benediction oh God we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have labored for us and now help us fed by your love to go forth and to labor for you in Jesus name amen